Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. Stay where you are. Do not break the stillness of this moment. For this is a time of mystery. A time when imagination is free and moves forward swiftly, silently. This is The Haunting Hour. Express. That night didn't begin any differently from any other night. At least it doesn't seem to me that it did. I left work the same as usual, and I hurried because I was late and we were having supper early again so my brother Sid could get to law school on time. I walked down to Broadway and 42nd Street and into the uptown subway, just the way I always did. I got on, pushed my way in with the crowd. There was an empty seat, and I took it. A girl in front of me was hanging onto the strap. In the other hand, she held the evening paper. I remember looking at it and reading the weather forecast. Fair and somewhat milder, it said. And I thought, tomorrow I can wear my light coat. I was tired. I was awfully tired. I leaned my head back for a minute and closed my eyes. And then... Tired, baby? I sat bolt upright. I'll make you some coffee when we get home. That'll fix you up. What was he talking about? When we get home? I looked at him. There was something I was trying desperately to remember. But I couldn't. He was in his early thirties. Dark and very good looking. But his eyes were hard and his lips were drawn back into a tight little smile. The hand clinging to my arm was large and powerful. The girl in front of me was still holding onto the strap with that paper clutched tightly in one hand. He leaned forward a little so he could see it better. Cloudy with probable thunder showers. Wouldn't you think we've had enough rain for one week? Rain? But the paper had said fair. Fair and somewhat milder. I looked at it again myself. And... And he was right. Then I knew I... I was really frightened. The date... The date on that paper was February 21st, 1950. Everything seemed to blur before my eyes for a minute, and I... I felt a little sick. I looked down and saw a wedding band on my left hand. A simple gold wedding band that hadn't been there five minutes before. 
It was almost as if I half expected to see it there. If the date on that paper was right, if this really were 1950, then something told me that this man, this stranger sitting beside me, was my husband. And somewhere, somehow, on that Uptown Express, I'd lost five years of my life. Come on, Lindy. We get off here. We walked up the stairs and out into the street. It was raining. It hadn't been raining before. We'll have to make a run for it. It's raining pretty hard. We started to run down a long, dark street I'd never seen before. Then we turned into a narrow entrance into a dingy apartment building. We shut the rain outside, and we were alone. Never mind your key. I have mine right here. Oh, wait a minute. I think there's some mail. I looked at the name on the box. Vincent. Mr. and Mrs. John Vincent. Johnny. Johnny and Linda Vincent. That was us. Oh, this is rich. Look what it is. A political circular. Sidney Damon for district attorney. Fearless, courageous. <laughs> That's a laugh, sending it to us. Sid? For district attorney? My brother, Sidney? Yes, and it don't sound much better than it smells. Not for my money. But... Come on. It's cold down here. Let's get upstairs. We climbed the stairs to the second floor to a small apartment way in the back. I kept thinking of Sid. Less than an hour ago, he was going to City College nights to study law. And now in my hand was a circular that said he was running for district attorney. But but it wasn't an hour ago. That was in 1945. Five years ago. This was 1950. There. Turn on the light. It's near you. I felt along the wall and found the switch. That's better. Ah, it's cold in this dump. Never any heat when we need it. Did you speak to that lousy janitor yet? You said you were going to. Uh, I will, Johnny. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean to snap at you. It's just that business of your smart aleck brother running for DA. I don't like it. Why, Johnny? Why don't you like it? Oh, cut it. Don't ask silly questions. Come here and kiss me instead. Oh, Johnny, I, I... What's the matter? Nothing. Well, come here, then. You know what? Your hair's all wet and your mascara's run a little around the edges. You look awful, honey. But to me, you're still beautiful. Please, please, Johnny, don't kiss me anymore. What's the idea? I'm... I'm cold. I'm wet. I'll be all right. Sure. I understand. Go in and change and I'll fix you something hot. into the bedroom. On the bureau was a picture of the two of us. Me, Linda Damon, and this man I'd never seen before. I picked it up. Across the front of it was written, Atlantic City, September 1946. I looked at it for a few minutes, then I put it back on the bureau and walked over to the closet. On one side were his clothes, and on the other, what I supposed were my things... I found a light blue house dress and changed into it quickly. It fit perfectly. Ready, Lindy? Come and get it. In a minute. Here. Oh, thanks. Aren't you going to put on some dry clothes? No, I'm okay. I'll hold out your cup. And one for me. Well, what do we drink to? Even if it's only coffee, we have to drink to something. Well, what we always drink to, Johnny. All right, darling. You want to make the toast or shall I? You make it. Here goes, then. To our house. The one with the front porch, the backyard, and the attic. Okay? Okay. 
Do you think we'll ever have it? Have what, Johnny? That house. All my life I remember living in little box flats with walls so paper thin you could hear the guy next door yelling at his old lady or her nagging at him. Just as if there weren't enough of that stuff in your own place. And the hallways always full with dirty little kids with their faces needing washing and their eyes too old for the rest of them. And the garbage and big ugly cans in front of the buildings when it was so hot you could hardly breathe. Johnny. I guess maybe you don't understand. Is that why you want the house, Johnny? Sure. Imagine, Lindy, a house. Not a flat, not a couple of caged-in little rooms, but a big house with a front porch and a backyard and an attic. All mine. All ours, Lindy. Oh, Lindy, do you love me? Oh, yes, Johnny. I do love you very much. Hey, what got me started? I did, I'm sorry. Oh, don't be. Don't ever be sorry for anything. Oh, it couldn't be bad if it comes from you because you're good, Lindy. I'm not, and I know it. Look what I'm doing to you, making you live in a hole like this, not a decent dress to your name. I don't care, Johnny. Oh, but you'll see. It's going to be different, maybe sooner than you expect. How would you like to move out into the country, to our house? Well, I wasn't going to tell you until everything was set, but here. Here, start on this. Go out tomorrow and buy yourself some clothes. You know, real high-class stuff. Johnny, all that money. And plenty more where that came from. But I don't... I'll get it. Stay where you are. Yeah? What is it, Charlie? Who? Oh, he was. What did he want? Yeah? Well, just lay low until I get in touch with you. I'll think of something. So long. Who was that? Just a friend of mine. Business acquaintance. You wouldn't know him. Oh. I'm telling you, it was nothing. Nothing important. I didn't say anything. Well, don't. And stop looking as though I just finished beating you. Don't shout, Johnny. Well, I didn't mean it, baby. My nerves are on edge, that's all. I wonder if it stopped raining. Did it? Let up a little, maybe. Not much. Why are you standing at the window? Are you expecting someone? What do you mean by that? Who should I be expecting? You've been talking to your brother, haven't you? You've been seeing him again. Johnny, you're hurting me. I told you to keep away from that family of yours, didn't I? I'm not good enough for him. That's just too bad. Johnny, my arm. Tell me the truth. Have you seen Sid? What's he been telling you? It's a lie, but you believe me, don't you? I don't know what you're talking about. Please, please, Johnny, you're hurting me. Darling, forgive me. Oh, Lindy, you got to promise me you'll stay with me, no matter what. What is it, Johnny? What have you done? Oh, I'm in an awful mess. I'm in deeper than I've ever been in my life. This time, I'm afraid. Will you tell me? Maybe I can help you. I'm, I'm your wife. Oh, I don't deserve you. I don't deserve ever to have met you. Johnny. What? Tell me. Tell me again how we met. I like to hear it. You're just like a little kid, aren't you? Just a funny little kid. Tell me. Okay. It was February 21st, 1945. Five years ago. Yes. And there you were. And I saw you. Where, Johnny? On the subway. On the Uptown Express. What? What's the matter? Uh, oh, nothing. I... I have a little headache, that's all. Go on. You're sure you're all right? Yes, yes, I'm all right. Go ahead. Well, I saw you and I said to myself, that brother is for me. Mm-hmm. Then I made up my mind I was going to meet you. And then what did you do? I said, pardon me, miss. Am I on the right train for 86th Street? And what did I say? And you said... No, you'll have to change it to the local at 72nd. Then we started to talk. 
Just as easy as that? <laughs> Just as easy as that. I think you wanted to meet me, too. Who's that? Oh, I don't know. I'll open it. Linda. What? Stay where you are. Don't ask for that. Who is it? Johnny, what are you doing with that gun? Who is it? Me, Sidney. Wait a minute. Your big shot brother. Sid? Yeah. I guess I won't need this gun. Here, put it on the table. Sid. Listen to me carefully. I was with you last Monday night. That's all you know. That's your story, and you'd better stick to it. Remember. Life is filled with mystery. And it was a strange afternoon when Linda Damon boarded the Uptown Express. For without warning, time jumped ahead. And the newspaper datelines read February 21st, 1950. Then she heard the man sitting next to her say, Come on, Lindy, we get off here. He was her husband. And his name was Johnny. Mystified, afraid to question, Linda followed him home. Johnny spoke of how they had met five years before on the Uptown Express. And Linda listened. Then came a knock on the door. Johnny reached for his gun. The newcomer was Sid, Linda's brother, a candidate for the office of district attorney. Johnny turned to Linda and said, Listen, Linda, carefully. I was with you last Monday night, and that's all you know. That's your story, and you'd better stick to it. Remember. Yeah? Yeah, just a minute. Hello, Linda. Sid. What do you want, Damon? It's so good to see you, Sid. How's Mom? You've got kind of a nerve asking that, haven't you? Oh, please, Sid, I don't understand. Forget it, baby. Let him speak his piece and get out. What's on your mind, Mr. District Attorney? You're a little premature, but thanks anyway. Come on into the living room, Sid. Here, let me take your coat. It's wet. Linda! He'll go into that living room over my dead body. Which is just the way I'd like it, Vincent. Why, you would... Johnny! Sid! What's the matter? What is it? Linda, haven't you had enough yet? Why don't you come home where you belong? Mom's worse. Every day since you left, she gets worse. Doesn't it mean anything to you that you're killing her? Mom? What are you trying to do? Wring blood out of her? Leave her alone. Don't you care, Linda? What's he done to you? Leave her alone. That's what you came here to say. You said it. Now get out. That's not quite all, Vincent. No, well, spill it then. Last Monday night, a man by the name of Bucky Stevens was murdered. So what? Johnny! Johnny, what's he trying to say? Be quiet, Lindy. Go on, big shot. What's it to me? That's just what I wondered, Vincent. Bucky'd been gambling, but I suppose you know the story. Sorry, I don't know nothing. No? Too bad you missed it. It's been on all the front pages, too. Maybe you just forgot, Vincent. I'll refresh your memory. Bucky'd been gambling heavily, and he won. He was pretty tight and made a lot of noise about it. Things like that get around fast. I don't like your story. Maybe it's just the way you tell it. Oh? I'm sorry. But don't worry, it gets better as it goes along. When Bucky left the club alone with that nice fat wallet, three men got into another car and followed him. Yeah? See, I told you it got better. Gets better still. They forced his car off the road, took his money, murdered him, and then threw his body in the river. Johnny! Then what? Then nothing. That's all there was to it. The three men escaped in their car, and the next morning, Earl Marino and his two henchmen were picked up and booked for the murder. The police thought they had a case. As a matter of fact, they still do. Thanks for the bedtime story. Are you through? In a minute. 
You see, Vincent, the police, the DA, everyone was convinced it was Marino and his gang. Everyone except me, that is. So? So I said to myself, I wonder, I wonder where Johnny Vincent was Monday night. Johnny and those two playmates of his, Charlie Rossi and Joe Kagan. Just idle curiosity, you understand. Get to the point. You take too much time. Okay, I will. I did a little private investigating. And I've got proof that it was you. You and your pals. I've got enough proof to send the three of you to the electric chair. There, don't say that. Why, he couldn't have. Johnny couldn't have. Why won't you believe me, Linda? I tell you, I can prove it. And I intend to. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to the DA with my evidence. And I'm giving you fair warning. It's packed solid. They'll spring Marino and pick you up, Vincent. And the charge will be murder. You think you're pretty smart, don't you? No. Just smarter than you, that's all. Well, don't think you can get away with this. I know I can. And if you do, it won't hurt the election any, will it, Damon? Brilliant young prosecuting attorney solves case single-handed. That'll look cute on campaign buttons. Not bad. But to tell you the truth, I wasn't thinking of that so much. I've been out to get you for a long time for what you've done to Lindy. And this is once you're not going to be able to talk your way out of it. And just what do you think you've gained by coming here? I want Linda to be home where she belongs tomorrow. When the police come to get you. Thanks for the warning. Oh, you can skip if you're dumb enough. See how far you'll get. By tomorrow night, every paper in the country will have your picture plastered all over the front page. Johnny's not going anywhere, Sid. And neither am I. He'll stay here and stand trial if he has to, and I'll stand by him. Johnny was with me li- last Monday night. Linda, you don't know what you're saying. Don't I? Well, I'm sorry, but I don't believe you, Sid. Johnny couldn't have murdered anybody. Nothing I can say will make you change your mind. No, nothing. Please go, will you? Sure. Sorry I bothered you. When you need us, we'll still be waiting for you. Come home. So long, Vincent. See you in court. Oh, Johnny, my own brother. How could he? Thanks for trying anyway, baby. But this time, he means business. You don't have to be afraid, Johnny, if you're innocent. What do you mean, if... Oh, I didn't mean that way, Johnny. Believe me. Oh, you're trying to kid. He's got the goods on me, and I know it. Johnny, you mean he was right? He was telling the truth? Johnny, did you... Don't be a little fool. Of course I killed him. No. Oh, no. cut out the dramatics. I've got to think. There must be something. You? You murdered him and threw his body in the river? And where do you think that money came from? Use your head. But murder... Johnny! I couldn't help it. He put up a fight and we had to let him have it. I didn't want to kill him. There was nothing else I could do. You know I wouldn't have killed him if I didn't have to. Don't you, Lindy? I don't know anything anymore. What are you going to do now? Do? What can I do? He made this investigation on his own. That's what he said, didn't he? Well, yes, but I... But he probably hasn't told anyone yet. No one knows but him. At last, or at least that's the chance I've got to take. I can't be any worse off than I am now. What are you talking about? He'll never live to turn in that evidence. I'll see to that. Johnny! I'll get Charlie and Joe and we'll make sure he doesn't... No! No, you can't do that to Sid. I won't let you. Me or him, Lindy. I don't have to think twice to decide which one I'd rather have it be. No! Put down that phone! Please, Johnny! Hello, Mike? Let me speak to Charlie, will you? Is he there? Good. I said to hang up, Johnny. And I meant it. Lindy, put that gun back on the table. I said to hang up. You won't shoot. Put it down like a good girl. Hello, that you, Charlie? Something's come up. I want you to get Joe and help me on the job. Yeah, right away. I'm warning you, Johnny. Meet me as soon as you can, over. Meet me. Oh. 
I really didn't think you'd shoot me, Lindy. I had to. I couldn't help it. You know, you've got a lot of spunk for a little thing. Oh, Johnny, I'm sorry. I thought I told you not to be sorry for anything. Ella, I told you anything you did would be all right, and I... I meant it. No. It wouldn't have ended good, no matter what. I'd just as soon have it this way. Honest, baby. But it wasn't all bad, was it? Some of it was fun. Tell me it was. Yes, Johnny. Some of it was wonderful. And you know what? What? I guess maybe I never was meant to have a house with a front porch, a backyard, and I sat there, on the floor beside him, holding him in my arms and rocking back and forth as if he were a child. There was blood trickling out of the corners of his mouth, and I wiped it off with my handkerchief. I knew he was dead, but I wiped it off just the same. And I sat there, holding him. Maybe part of those years had been wonderful. Now I'd never know. After a while, I got up, took my purse, and left the apartment. The rain had stopped. I started to walk, found myself running instead, running down that narrow little street. I didn't know where I was going, I just ran. The subway station was at the corner and I went into that. I thought maybe I'd try and find my way home again, back to Mom and Sid, then I'd be all right. I tried not to think of Johnny. Johnny lying dead where I'd left him in a little pool of blood. I dropped a nickel in the slot, and a minute later, the train came roaring out of the tunnel. I'm sure I didn't know what I was doing. I just got on and sat down. The car was almost empty. I was tired. Tired all over. I leaned back and closed my eyes. opened them again. The train was crowded. Crowded with people. And I hadn't remember stopping to let them on. Suddenly, I wasn't quite so tired anymore. I sat up straight and looked around. A girl in front of me was hanging onto the strap. And in the other hand, she held the evening paper. I remember looking at it and reading the weather forecast. Fair and somewhat milder. I held my breath. Was it possible? It took every bit of courage I had to force myself to look at the date. And the date was February 21st, 1945. I can't explain how I felt then. I wanted to laugh or or to cry. I wanted to turn to the stranger sitting beside me and say, Listen, mister, it was a dream. I just imagined it. I didn't kill anybody. This is still 1945 and I'm going home for supper. I did turn and... And then I froze. I froze with such terror as I've never known before and will never know again. For the man sitting next to me was... Pardon me, miss. Am I on the right train for 86th Street? Well, no, you have to... uh, That is... I'm sorry, I don't know. 
I'm afraid you'll have to ask someone else. You see, this is my stop, and I'm getting off. Shadows and stillness. Mystery weaves a spell of strangest fascination, charging the mind with doubts and fears. For mystery is a strange companion, a living memory in the haunting power. <laughs> 